this episode is going to be about something that I think not a lot of people really give too much attention to, especially because it can be contradicted and explained in so many different ways that it's just hard to kind of identify what if there is an issue with it or if, you know, it is what I'm going to say it is. But essentially, we're going to be talking about the difference between preference in dating and fetish. Um I do encourage everybody to be smoking during these episodes, you know. You'll probably understand me better if you got some tree on you, for real. Um, But, yeah, I was talking to my friends. Well, actually, you know, to start, I watched this TikTok of this white lady, right? And she had an obsession with the look of Asian babies. And her TikTok was centered around her going to a predominantly Asian country and marrying an Asian man and then essentially having an Asian baby and I was asking my friends what they thought about this because to me I was pretty creeped out by it I was like uh you know you essentially went to a country just to meet a man to have a baby for the baby to look a certain way and this goes so much deeper than just like, you know, actually not even deeper. I think that's as deep as you can get, like moving somewhere so that you can marry someone of a certain culture and have a child that looks of that culture. Um, but I think throughout my life, um, I've always seen people my age uh constrict themselves to one ethnicity in terms of dating and I have to be honest as a black woman I have a lot of you know black male friends obviously that um avoid black women in their dating life and the common you know explanation that I get for that is that I'm not a black girl's type and black girls want a certain type of nigga or black girls expect too much I've even heard that at times before and I think what's interesting to me about it is that fetish has a very negative definition to it I think in society so if I tell you that you have a fetish you automatically assume that you're I'm calling you a creep or I'm trying to make you feel bad about what it is that you like and I want to be clear that that's not what this episode is about at all I don't want anyone to feel that they can't like what they like or dislike what they dislike you know I I encourage everybody to have their own opinions and I've always appreciated my friends being upfront and honest about what it is that they like and why But I think that there is a very clear difference between having a type and having a fetish. And I don't mean fetish in a negative manner. I just mean that you have a higher interest in what it is that you're looking for. Um, As a black woman, I've really only dated black men. I mean, I, I think I like dated a white boy in like middle school, but honestly does that even count at this point you know no so I could say that I've only really dated black men in my life and I've also had a lot of black male friends like I said so being someone that only wants to be with black women hearing a black man say that they're not interested in me because I'm looking for a certain kind of black guy it's interesting to me and you know when I ask 
my friends, not even just black males, but any kind of males or females who are interested in only one ethnicity, they are very serious about it. So it's not something that can be compromised. They're not even going to really entertain conversation between other ethnicities. And more importantly, they don't see themselves with someone of another ethnicity. They can't envision it. They can't put their love into it automatically. So I think that, you know, talking to my friends um, over time, it became something that I thought about uh, deeper and deeper because I wanted to get to the bottom of what it is that cuts us off from other people. Um, like I said, I'm someone that's usually dated black men in my life, but pretty much the only demographic of people that I'm really avoiding in dating, and this is just me being honest, is probably white men and probably like Asian men, I guess. And, you know, I I don't want to think of myself that way, but I have to be realistic about my dating life and what I've done so far, you know, and that's really just been I hang out my black guy friends or my friends and then my boyfriend is usually black and I think it's a culture thing as well. I think I usually avoid people or I think we all usually avoid people that won't fit in with our friend group, you know somebody that can't hang out with my friends or chop it up with my friends or you know somebody that I just think would move a little weird around the people I see and hang out with every day that's not somebody that I'm gonna go for Um, and that's just my personal reasoning but I've heard people explain it in many different ways before of why it is that they're not looking for other people um when we get into dating and we get into that part of ourselves where we want to be intimate with someone and we have, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and say, y'all, when you have a sexual attraction, attraction to somebody, it's a little different. You know, that's somebody that you're going to want to fuck with long-term is when you, you know, not everybody, but most people that I know, sexual attraction is a big deal. And Like I said, I don't want it to be a situation where I'm saying it's not okay to not be sexually attracted to black women. That's not at all the purpose of this episode. It's more so to dig farther into the topic to understand where that disconnect might be between even me and a white man. You know, why is it that when I first meet somebody that's white and they may be, you know, attractive a little bit to me, why am I not even considering that to be something in my life that could go right? And I don't think that I'm judging anybody either. I genuinely don't go out of my way to be like, oh, this is why I'd, I'd, I'm just not going for it. Never in a disrespectful manner. But like I said, just that general attraction of like, what kind of conversations can we have? What kind of connection can we really build? If our lifestyles are so different and historically, I think that I feel more attached to black men just because I feel that I have an understanding of them on a deeper level and want to be a part of that kind of story. Um, But not a lot of people that I've met are that deep in terms of their explanation. It's usually just like I said, like, oh, that type of women are that ethnicity is not attracted to me in the way that I might be attracted to them. Um, 
And I think preference is a beautiful thing. I think that we should be allowed to, and we do have the freedom to choose and be with whomever we are, we are attracted to and is attracted to us. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what is that disconnect? Where do we get lost in translation of like, oh, you're just a person and I should just get to know you for who you are and go from there. You know, it's like we cut ourselves off so quick from things that we're just not comfortable with. And that might be it. You know, we're just not comfortable with, um, you know, for example, the black men that I've talked to, you know, they're like, oh, black women aren't attracted to me. So, How can you break down that mental barrier that's already between you and a certain person because you already think you know what they want? And I think there's a lot of assuming of what somebody else is thinking or what somebody else wants in their love life. But the honest to God truth is we don't know until we get to know somebody and we don't know until we open ourselves up and allow that person to even feel comfortable saying how they feel and what they want out of life. Um, and I think talking to my friends, I feel, you know, a little bit like I might have a fetish for black men in that connection and what it is that I get out of relationships with black men and the stories that they tell and the connection that I just feel so naturally to them. But, you know, maybe fetish is not the right word, but that's the only place that I can go when it's so restricted and it's not going to be, um up for debate in any way you know there there could be an amazing guy and like I said I don't cut myself off but just that mental stop sign that comes up immediately when it's somebody that I wouldn't usually go for there's just a complete disconnection and I'm not even really my intentions are not to get to know you on that level immediately um I was supposed to have two friends on this episode with me but things didn't really work out but I really wanted people that are kind of similar to me in a way but it was going to be a black male that usually only goes for white women and then a Lebanese woman that usually only goes for black guys like me and that's really who I was talking to about the TikTok that I mentioned and then just about their preferences and asking them do they ever feel like they're being used for some idea that somebody can't be with somebody else and you fit into a box that they've put in their head do you feel used that way because I think that a lot of people get into a relationship and that's not really your first thought that doesn't usually come up until you know for women you see an ex or you you've heard mention of an ex and you want to know who they are and what they're about and then you end up naturally learning what their ethnicity is and then you kind of are piecing together what your man's type is but for men I think there's such a specific standard for which they think that they have to perform to so I guess for black women since I am a black woman y'all know I got to be tailored to my experience I think that I don't ever usually require as much as a fellow black male that I'm attracted to thinks that I'm requiring it's not always um some strict toxic situation you know I'm I'd rather just get to know you for who you are but I think that there's such a barrier 
you know and for anyone that has always been in relationships with their same you know cultural background I do feel like that connection is a little bit deeper because you understand each other on a structural level of how their life played out and that's not the same for everybody and I try to put myself in a different you know mindset of like okay let me put myself in a situation where I I was only attracted to Asian men what is it that I am cutting myself off from because although the backgrounds are different they could still be similar you can always find things that are similar with someone there's always something you know unless that person is just really not who you should be talking to or someone that you know you are not trying to connect with on that level there may be drastic differences where you just don't get along with someone but I think that when two people are interested in each other it's easier to find that common ground where you guys look for and are in search for things that are similar between the two of you so that you can connect on a deeper level and usually even if the backgrounds are really different once you get into conversation with someone you can find it doesn't have to be your background it can just be how someone is handling a certain situation you connect with that in their decision making you know what i'm saying is there's no connection that can be too um too different that you'll never find common ground Um, And I think we cut ourselves off really quickly as a society from people that we're not necessarily in tune with, with our mindsets and the way that we carry ourselves. I also want to touch on, you know, the way that people want to have mixed babies so fucking bad. Um, But let me relight my blunt real quick. (laughs) I think that's something that... I've never understood the idea that your children have to look a certain way. And that's where the the word fetish kind of comes in. Because it's not sexualization of a child, but it is image of maybe privilege in our minds. Of like pretty people or attractive people get what they want out of this world. And I want my children to have everything so subconsciously I want my children to be more attractive or more appealing in in terms of personality and background that they have an easier life um and it goes back to the woman that was like obsessed with Asian babies and wanted to have an Asian baby so bad like maybe there is an image of beauty and you know mystery that comes with people of Asian descent in her mind so she desperately and physically forced that um, specific structure of her life onto herself and I don't think that's necessarily wrong Um, I think it's a little strange I think that for me, as a woman who wants to be a mother and is excited about that portion of my life, um, I don't care what my kids look like. I just want them to be a part of me. I don't care who, but see, then I'm saying I don't care, but then I usually only go for black men as well. So it's like, you know, I may not want mixed kids, but I do want black kids, you know, but it's also like, I'm not, that's not 
a 1000% requirement in my life. That's just who I feel, you know, my energy gravitates towards usually. But, you know, that's always been a little strange to me of like the mixed baby, you know, Asian and black or white and black, just the mixed personality and that attachment to that. If you fall in love with someone and y'all connect and y'all have a child together, that is amazing and that's beautiful. And it doesn't matter what your child looks like or what their background is going to be because they're being bred out of love and that's always going to be my priority um but I do know a lot of people that are very certain that they will have mixed children and it's it almost seems as if it's not even an option for their child to just be who they are um so that alone leaves us in a place of like what has society taught us about our lives and what is going to come based on our looks or our you know cultural background or our specific life details at all and I wish we could heal that I do I wish that we would all accept each other for who we are and I wish there wasn't stereotypes I wish there wasn't social media um personalities that are that are false i wish that we could be a more humble society a more invested society i wish we could all get to know each other and i think that that's what my true purpose of earth to us is is that i want people to have a place to feel accepted and feel like we can talk about shit like this and it not be a hateful experience you know or it not be a judging experience I want people to feel comfortable in who they are. And realistically, there are no rules. I mean, to humanity, yes, but in terms of sexual preference or even gender in my mind, there's not so many restrictions required. It's things that humans have imposed on each other. And how do we digest that and realize that it might have negative aspects and we might need to open ourselves up a little bit more like how do we start that and i think that you know my common reaction to that question is usually let's just talk about it let's just open it up look at all the variables look at all the reasonings and just truly accept that adversity accept that people are not going to feel the same way as you but understand and find that common ground that's usually always there um and you know it's just something that is extremely important in terms of our mental health and our mental development is accepting people for who they are and not being so negative all the time and enjoying people's presence and you know just having a conversation first and choosing to judge never that would be amazing (laughs) it's harder to do than to say absolutely but that's everything in life um and i think it would be really irresponsible of us as a community to not you know address the things that are that may seem insignificant but run our pattern of life if i'm cutting myself off from people that i could genuinely connect with and learn something from then i'm doing myself a disservice and I think we often do ourselves disservice. And I think sometimes we get really disconnected and we get really set in our ways 
we get really set in our habits but it's okay to say sometimes that this habit came from this and then decide if we're okay with that then decide if we still agree once we realize that it's pretty insignificant in the bigger picture of what we want our legacies to be um I personally don't think that we should be customizing the gender of the gender and the ethnicity of our children, but I'm also a believer that you can customize your life whichever way that you f- see fit. So that's why I think it's so important to have a conversation because I don't necessarily disagree because I have parts of my life that I'm not going to budge on and I'm not going to um conform about and I've just decided that that's the way that it's gonna go and that's it but at the end of the day y'all ask yourself if you have a preference or a fetish and don't judge yourself if you learn anything from this episode it's do not judge yourself because everyone around us has preference And everyone around us might have a little bit of a fetish for something in particular or some kind of image that we'd like to have within ourselves. Because it's also fair to mention that a lot of the people I talk to, they're not speaking of this in vain ways of like, you know, I just look better next to so-and-so. It's more like a mental connection and a physical attraction And I don't really know why I'm I'm not physically attracted to other ethnicities. I'm not quite sure because I've never tried to cut myself from that. That's that wasn't a habit that I built. It just felt really natural. And then it kind of gets into, you know, your sexual preference. That should go to tell you, you know, transphobic people or homophobic people you have the preferences that you have and you didn't decide that one day and then build that habit and now that you're regular that was just something natural that you felt and that's why I've always known that I wasn't a fucking weirdo who was homophobic because it was very easy very early for me to connect the dots of like okay once I heard someone that was gay say that you know I can't control this like what are you talking about it clicked for me And that was it. That's all I needed to hear. Because although they don't owe me an explanation at all, let me make that very clear as well. They said it in the simplest terms possible because, like I said, there is really no genuine rules to to preference and attraction. It's just something that comes very naturally to all of us. And at the end of the day, you can't... You can't control that and that can't be argued. I genuinely don't feel that that can be argued at all. I think that, you know, we are so deeply ingrained into, like I said, habits. And that's really where homophobia and transphobia comes from. It is not um, what has historically been taught is okay, but there was a reason for that. In our history, there was a lot of control that was implemented very early so that you didn't even have the chance or the mindset of how much you can customize your life and how deep our emotional and physical connections can really go. That's not under our control. 
And for a long time, we were denying people even the right to marry someone that they just felt connected to. And that's it. I just feel connected to this person. I want to love this person. And people have been killed and disrespected and assaulted and harassed and embarrassed about just who they are. And I think, you know, like I said in my previous episodes, if you were listening, you heard me say that moral code for me lately has been so heavy and it's been on my mind in every decision I make. It has to align with my moral code. So I think it's okay to have discussions about, you know, your preference with an ethnicity, but I don't think it's appropriate to be talking to people about what their sexual preference is and who they are physically attracted to and why. Um, It's just a very black and white situation for me. I feel like if I was only attracted to trans men, And that was something that I sought after and I wanted to be a part of. I can't explain that to someone if they don't understand or if they don't just accept that they may not ever understand. But that is who I am and that's what I bring to the table. And that's okay. And leave it there. You know, when I think about homophobia, transphobia, all of even racism, honestly, it's mental illness to me because it's an irrational form of thinking because someone is not doing something that is historically or culturally normal to you. It's something that we need, that people like that need true therapy on, I feel like. There's an irrational fear. And most of the time when trans women or gay men or, you know, anybody is attacked or um, called out or harassed or assaulted, whatever the case may be, these people haven't usually had negative experiences with these people. It's just an immediate rage and fear that kicks in that makes them feel like they have to be in attack mode. And I think this was kind of what Nick Cannon touched on. Um, they really canceled my man. <laughs> like, I, I didn't think about this, how deep it actually was, but Wildin' Out was such a deep part of just me growing up. I was still watching Wildin' Out YouTube videos of recaps of their episodes like this year sometime. And they canceled him because he was explaining the nature that comes with racism. And it's the same nature that comes with transphobia, homophobia, you know, all of these fucking phobias. Like... That is a fear to me. Phobia, that alone, like if any word attached to that means fear to me because you are afraid of the outcome of this or you have anxiety surrounding this. And sometimes it can't, those kinds of things can trigger very negative and rageful episodes. So that's why I say it's mental illness. And that's why I think I have less patience for people who are outright racist or outright transphobic or outright sexist or outright uh, anything that you're just simply against over something that someone cannot control is very alarming to me. (laughs) And I think as a community, we've gotten much more sensitive to those things lately. And I appreciate that. Um, 
I remember my mom telling me about how she had a team dinner. She works at Capital One and she's in HR and they had a dinner and she told me that everyone introduced themselves, but they said their pronouns first. And she said that that was her first experience ever hearing that in a corporate setting. So I think that that was a very clear indicator for me that we were going in the right direction in terms of ideology and what's normal and what respect truly is in calling people what they feel comfortable being called and giving them that opportunity to say that specifically. Um, So I don't think everything is negative. I think we're going in a very good direction but I do believe that there is always room for improvement and that's where episodes like this come from um I want everyone to share with me I say this every episode but if you have any true opinions about this and it's something that maybe you've thought about or dealt with in your life please reach out share your story I would love to put you on the Instagram um I'm gonna try and drop episodes way more frequently now you guys Um, Capricorn season is coming. I hope everyone is excited for Christmas and hopefully we'll get through our seasonal depression in time for the Christmas spirit and we're all going to be super positive and enjoy um, saying goodbye to 2020 because this shit has been a punch in the gut literally every day. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you guys soon and... I hope you have a great night.